This is Health Yeah, your weekly update on what's going on in the health, wellness, and medical world with Monica Robbins. With fall right around the corner and winter not too far behind, it is time to boost our immune systems against illnesses. COVID cases are up across the country. Experts are concerned about flu and RSV cases adding to a triple-demic. You may remember last season, we saw all three of those viruses peak at the same time. Doctors say staying on top of your health is the easiest way to prevent serious illness, and the best tool is to get vaccinated. Today, we're talking about the best protections against the big three and answering your questions straight ahead on Prescription for Life. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Monica Robbins. It happens every year. Kids go back to school. The weather gets chilly. We start spending more time indoors, sharing the air and our germs. Illnesses can range from a minor cold to serious health threats from hospitalizations and even death. That's why doctors are recommending three vaccines this season, an updated COVID-19 booster, a vaccine for RSV, and of course your annual flu shot. We talk with a doctor about what you should know about each of these vaccines, but first, a look at the newest COVID-19 vaccine. What's different about it and who is it for? Abby Lorico has more in this Verify. These are updated versions of the Pfizer and Moderna shots designed to target the newest variants that researchers say are responsible for most new cases of COVID-19. Like previous versions of the shot, they won't be foolproof against infection, but the FDA says they are proven to reduce severe COVID-19 symptoms, hospitalizations, and deaths. The CDC voting panel recommends everyone who can get updated COVID-19 protection do so. The new vaccine will be available to people age five and older, regardless of previous vaccination status, at least two months after their most recent shot. Young kids between six months and four years old are also eligible for one or more doses of these new vaccines, depending on if and how many other shots they've had already. Talk to your pediatrician if you have questions there. Along with the flu shot, COVID booster, and after 55 years of waiting, yes, there is finally a new RSV shot. You may have a lot of questions. Our Cleveland Clinic expert explains what we all need to know. Joining me now is Dr. Marianne Samago, who is in internal medicine, family practice, and you deal with both adults and children. Mm -hmm. So you are the perfect one we can talk to about vaccines because <laughs> It is vaccine season. We're heading into cold and flu season. So I want to start with the FDA and CDC just signed off on the updated COVID-19 boosters. Yep. So who can get it? Who should get it? and why? The final hot off the press recommendation was really for anybody six months and older to go ahead and receive the new COVID booster. So this year's terminology is the 2023-2024 version of COVID. So we're not going to be giving the um, old bivalent anymore. We've got the updated formulation. And so their current recommendation is anybody six months and older should be offered or go get the COVID booster. Is there anyone who should really consider it more than others? You know, absolutely. I mean, we know there are risk groups. And so there are some 
infants, so particularly infants are unprotected. So children under six months need us to protect around them so that they don't get sick. The elderly, so we know the immune system changes and, and our protection wanes, so we tend to see more severe disease, more hospitalizations. And then there's a whole group in between which are just high-risk individuals. So immunocompromised, you have other comorbidities like heart disease, cancer treatment. You know, those folks are also really at risk of having severe disease. I'm betting a lot of patients are saying to you, look, I went through all those vaccines before. Seriously, why do I need this one? You know, um, COVID still causes more hospitalizations and deaths than the other respiratory illnesses that circulate. And so uh, we know that we can reduce that and impact that chance of happening with the COVID vaccine. And why wouldn't you want to give yourself a chance of staying out of the hospital? Um, so, I mean, I think that folks maybe tired, we might think the disease is less severe, but we still see healthy people and we see other individuals getting hospitalized and having mortality from COVID. Are we seeing healthy people or anyone in general, um, is the long COVID still showing up with these newer yeah. variants? And so that's a great comment. I mean, that's another reason to vaccinate because we still see a significant portion of folks that are experiencing long COVID. If you know anyone that has long COVID, it's not to be taken lightly. You know, it's persistent symptoms. It can last for a significant amount of time. And there's really good data to show that vaccinations can lower the incidence of post-COVID complications. So this vaccine booster is actually based on a variant that came out a few months ago. Right. Now, as always, COVID <laughs> has mutated yes. umpteen times. Yep. What about these new variants? Is, this, is getting this booster even going to help me you know, fight off these newer variants. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it's like the flu shot. We have a formulation that we do every year, and then we look at what's circulating in the Southern Hemisphere, and we adjust it to anticipate. Even if we're slightly off, we see significant benefit because there's cross protection. And the initial data for the COVID vaccine suggests the same thing. So when they were doing studies looking at how much power and neutralization the vaccines had, they were seeing just as much as with the original vaccines. So we really do anticipate a fair amount of vaccine um, crossover and protection. So I've heard from parents who were concerned when the initial vaccines came out for kids, mm -hmm. um, they, they read that the Moderna vaccine was slightly better than the Pfizer vaccine. Mm -hmm. But the problem was many hospitals didn't carry yeah. the Moderna vaccine. So is that still the same thing? Should parents be looking for one or the other or is it okay just to get whatever you can get? It's better to get what you can get. A lot of that initial was related to availability. Um, Follow-up studies have really shown that the difference in efficacy was not clinically significant. So um, whichever vaccine you have access to, it would really be a good idea. So the old standard influenza vaccine, it seems to get mm -hmm. pushed to the side there, but influenza is, is floating around out there as well. Who should get that vaccine and why? 
So a similar recommendation. Um, influenza uh, has high mortality for certain groups, so those over 65 and those that are young. But again, healthy people can get severe disease. They can have complications of pneumonia. Um, and so the newer pneumonia vaccine actually plays well in preventing some of those complications of flu. But really the recommendations, anyone over six months should go ahead and get the flu vaccine. And I hear this all the time, especially with COVID and the flu vaccine. Yeah. I get the vaccine and it made me sick. Yeah. You know, I mean, there is some reality to that. So we know that when we're charging up your immune system, it's gonna respond and that's the desired response. But that response can make people slightly ill, whether they have a fever, headache or muscle aches. Um, but in general, they're short duration, people recover quickly and they're far less severe than the illness itself. So that risk benefit of feeling ill for a day, um, certainly outweighed by not getting the, the disease. We know it, it takes some time for your body to build up the antibodies mm -hmm. to actually, when you get the vaccine, you need a couple of weeks before yep. you can actually fight it off. Um, but what if you're exposed to something in between, in that in-between period? Um, well, I mean, I think, so vaccines take up to two weeks to get full protection. And, you know, we should just be doing disease precautions in general. So coughing into our sleeves, staying home if we're sick, trying not to expose folks. If you're exposed and you've had prior vaccination, your protection might be waning, but you still may have some benefit and, and may not get as sick um, if you get exposed. Can the COVID vaccine or the influenza vaccine protect me from everything else that's out there? No. I mean, really, vaccines are targeted to take something that has high prevalence and a chance of creating serious disease hospitalizations. Um, we have illnesses, um, even cold viruses that we don't have vaccine protection for because there's so many circulating out there. So we really focus on the ones that matter most for people's health. I keep getting asked, should I get them at the same time, the COVID and the flu vaccine? Should I get them in the same arm or alternate yeah. arms? Does it matter? So, you know, I think first off, get them when you have a chance. Um, we know you can do the flu and COVID together. We are into our, what, fourth COVID season already. So we've got really good evidence to say that those two vaccines can be given simultaneously without any concern. It was interesting, I saw some data that said, does one arm matter or not? Um, I think that maybe in how much discomfort it causes, it might matter because you're reboosting the same arm, but from a vaccine efficacy and protection, get the vaccine and just get it in one of your arms. If you choose to separate them, yeah. is there a specific time you should wait yeah. between? So, if you were to separate, like the RSV vaccine this year is brand new, and so conversation is, should you separate it? And even then, the recommendation is really just a short duration, so maybe two weeks. Um, and that's just enough time to make sure that someone isn't feeling ill, and then you get the RSV vaccine. In general, you can get all three at the same time. Wow, okay, so I'm glad yeah, you brought up the RSV me. vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> you can be a masochist and get them all at the same time, I'm sure. But um, you brought up the RSV vaccine. Who can get that one and why? 
So the RSV vaccine is really exciting. So I mean, in general, RSV causes a cold illness, maybe one to two weeks, but there are two high-risk groups that are a significant hospitalization, and that population are kids under two with lower tract respiratory and folks that are over 60, again, with lower um, respiratory tract infections. And the RSV vaccine, one is recombinant, and that one is indicated for folks over the age of 60, and that really is significantly reducing the chance of hospitalizations. The other is um, a newer, um, non-vaccine, it's a monoclonal antibody. And this new RSV injection is indicated for newborns up until eight months of age. And it's really meant to cover them for up to that first or second RSV season. And the largest hospitalization population is in those kids under two. So they get bronchiolitis, oxygen requirements, hospitalization. And our best way to protect those kids and keep them out of the hospital is gonna be with this vaccine, which we expect to really be out and probably fully adopted by November. Wow, what about yeah. pregnant women? So there is a vaccine that is being still processed as far as pregnancy. And the thought is that we would be protecting patients prior to birth, particularly those babies. But the final um, recommendations have still yet to come out yet. Um, I haven't seen the final approval from the CDC. So bottom line, this year, if I'm going to get vaccines, it depends on your age, depends on your, uh, if you're immunocompromised, your health mm -hmm. status, that sort of thing. But if I'm going to get any vaccine, which one should I get? So we're entering the season for flu, COVID, even though we're seeing a spike, we expect another spike in the fall and then RSV. So if I were wanting to talk to you as a patient, I would want you to stay out of the hospital and give yourself the best chance. We're gonna be indoors. They're all respiratory viruses. They're sped person to person. So if we just concentrate on reducing the number of folks that get infected, we can have a significant impact on how many people are sick, how many people miss work, how many people are hospitalized. So those three viruses were right at that prime moment to get people protected so that as we enter that season, we're primed and ready to go. We hear a lot of misconception about vaccine. I want you to clarify something because I often say that these vaccines, and we're referring to pretty much all of them, they don't prevent you from getting right. the virus. They prevent you from getting very sick and dying from it. Exactly. If somebody coughs on you and they have COVID or influenza and you're not vaccinated, what would happen compared to someone who is? So prevention. Um, happens with vaccines by reducing the chance you're gonna get sick. It doesn't mean you're not gonna get the disease. Um, so it's really aiming at giving us that protection and recognition. So if I'm exposed to someone coughing, then I may have less chance of getting it and I will have a chance of getting less severe illness. If I'm not vaccinated, then I'm gonna have a higher chance of getting the disease and everything that goes along with that. And I think that's a really important piece. I mean, we want people 
We can't prevent them from getting sick, um, but what we can do is prevent them from getting to the hospital or missing tons of work because they did get sick and they've got a significant illness. So it's just confusing terminology is what you're saying. It is, and I think that you know when we look at it, we say prevention, and prevention doesn't mean zero. Prevention means we are preventing you and giving you less likelihood of getting sick. There's not a vaccine out there that's 100% going to reduce your chance of an illness. Oh, Dr. Samago, yeah. thank you so much. Great insight. Thank you so much for covering this really important topic. So how much will the new COVID-19 vaccine cost you? Well, this updated booster, it's not guaranteed it will be free for everyone. Arian Dato verifies. The CDC and Pfizer say COVID-19 vaccines will remain free for most Americans through their health insurance plans. Now, if you don't have insurance, there are also free options. In July, the CDC announced the Bridge Access Program for COVID-19 vaccines, a program that will ensure millions of uninsured and underinsured American adults can get the vaccine for free through the end of 2024. Another option is the Vaccines for Children program, a federally funded program that provides vaccines at no cost to children who might not otherwise be vaccinated because of an inability to pay. So we can verify, yes, you can get the updated COVID-19 vaccine for free. With your Verify, I'm Ariante Till. For more information on where the shot is available for free without insurance, go to covid.gov. Like every year, some will refuse vaccines and some will wait in line to get one. A Georgia man says he rolls up his sleeve every year to get vaccinated and says so far it's working. Take a look at this story from WXIA in Atlanta. It's the time of year when Fred Huff turns into a human pincushion, ready and eager to roll up his sleeve for whatever vaccine his doctors and pharmacists recommend. While others around him have suffered, this 87-year-old has dodged every virus you can imagine. I haven't had COVID and I haven't had a flu probably in 10, 12 years. Probably the flu shots have helped. The phones have been busy at Due West Pharmacy in Marietta. This is where we keep uh, all of our vaccines. Dr. Jonathan Marquez says demand for flu shots seems to be higher than in recent years. He recommends that anyone over the age of 65 should get a high dose vaccine. Once you hit that age of 65, it puts you at high risk. We know people that are actually very healthy, but once they hit 65, they do need that different flu vaccine. The updated flu vaccine is designed to protect from the four strains expected to circulate. Dr. Sherry Drenzik of the Georgia Department of Public Health says it has been effective in the Southern Hemisphere, where the flu has been circulating since April. Their vaccine uh, reduced flu hospitalizations by about 52 percent. So both of those indicators are positive. The FDA has approved two vaccines to protect against RSV or respiratory syncytial virus. One is for adults over 60. The other for pregnant women should be available soon. While there aren't any vaccines for young children, there's a monoclonal antibody that should be available in the next few weeks. Last year, we had a very unusual um, early RSV season and also a very severe one. So um, it is, um, it's great news to have these new products available. Then there's the updated COVID booster. With one shot already in his arm, Fred Huff is eager to roll up his sleeve again as soon as that vaccine is available. 
Remember to wash your hands, keep your fingers out of your eyes, nose, and mouth this season. And thank you so much for watching. We'll have another Prescription for Life next week. Until then, I'm Monica Robbins wishing you good health. Thank you so much for tuning into Health Yeah. Please find me on Twitter and Instagram at Monica Robbins. Like and follow my Facebook page, Monica Robbins WKYC. Find video podcasts at Monica Robbins channel on YouTube. And please subscribe. Wishing you great health and hope to see you again soon. Thanks for listening to Health Yeah with Monica Robbins from WKYC Studios. Subscribe now so you never miss an update. And find more on everything you heard here on WKYC.com and on the WKYC app.